Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Today on We Do Recover, I have a guest for you. This guy is a buddy of mine. Roger Folks is in the house. Welcome to We Do Recover, Roger. Hey, thanks, man. Super excited to get to you, get to your story. Let's introduce the rest of these characters on this thing. We got our producer that makes this thing possible, Hi. Sean Denovan. Oh, I, I started your song. Hi. <laughs> this timing's <laughs> off a little this morning. That's totally fine. That's fine. And then we got your producer, the man, the myth, the legend, the doc, Terry Sellers. I'm not the producer. Oh, your co-host. Did I say producer? Holy yeah. cow, I'm all over the place this morning. Let's hey, lock it in, nervous, Jared. Man. Lock it in. We got your producer, your co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, the Doc Terry Sellers. Good morning, everybody. Good Is morning. Is it just too late just to start the whole thing over? Yeah. Uh, no, we're just uh, going to... We're a minute in. Keep going. You're we're going to roll with it. So yeah. this is recorded in sunny St. George, Utah. Episode 44, part one, is brought to you by Steps Recovery Centers, where addiction ends and healing begins. Seriously, if you or a loved one need help, give them a phone call. 801-800-8142. Even if they're not a good fit for you for insurance reasons or whatever, they are well connected. They can find a place that's going to work best. Give them a call. 801-800-8142. Doc Sellers. Beautiful. Beautiful. Give those guys a call because they'll help you out for sure. Uh, well, what are we doing today? What's We should start with something like new and goods because we've never done that before. Never. Um, so let's start. Let, let's let's shift it up a little bit. Jared, what's new and good with you? Because we never start with you. Hey, I appreciate that. So yeah. today I figured for episode 44, I was pretty excited to have Roger on and talk about passions. And it got me thinking... I got a buddy, Corey Clonch. I got his last name right. Yep. It's like launch with a C in it. Corey Clonch. So Corey, he really when you got when we think back a few episodes ago when we were doing Sober Society and we were trying to raise money for the Sobriety Foundation, he I'm telling you guys, like I can't give him enough credit. He was key in really helping me generate t shirt sales. And so after that thing was kind of done and we were wrapping up with it, he said to me, like, hey, I I kind of want to keep doing this. Like, I'd love to, to make this my own thing. And I said, sweet. And so we, I kind of talked him through how to get a business license. And anyway, super proud of that guy. He recently uh, just got his 18 month uh, chip. He's a buddy of mine. I, I'm not giving away his anonymity. He's totally cool with me talking about him on the podcast, <laughs> but he has started this t-shirt company, Re Relentless Recovery. So this is Roy, this cool little Roy, the relentless recovery bear. There we are. And he's got some cool t-shirts. Uh, we had USARA on. So July 8th, they're doing a um, community event and Corey's going to be there. He's going to have a table set up with relentless recovery. He's going to be selling these t-shirts. It's a pretty cool little t-shirt. Yeah. You see this thing? Little yeah. panda bear on there. Man, pink was my color, man, back in the day. You know? So that, <laughs> that's it. You know, they say real men wear pink. So I like it. I like it. And so Corey also does a little bit of fundraising piece in, in the stuff that he does, just giving back. It's a beautiful thing. So go to Facebook and check out relentless recovery. He's got a bunch of different t-shirts. He is on fire right now. So love you, Corey. Appreciate everything you do, man. That's my new and good, Dr. Sellers. Well, that was new and good. Corey's yeah. a super fan, right? We've got a couple of people we would call super fans of this podcast, and for sure Corey's one of those. So, And he's a good he's a good friend of mine. Shout out to Corey. Yeah, love that guy. Shout out to Corey. That's a guy who lives life and enjoys it, and so that's what recovery's about. Yeah. Right? Uh, should we do Sean and then Roger, or should we do Roger and Sean? Let's get Roger. I wonder. Wow. I want to know what's going on in Roger's world, and then Roger, we'll get Sean. What is new and good in your world? What's today? new and good? Um, you know, every day is new and good. It's just one of those things. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really happy. Uh, the pace of life right now, you know, um, and I'm okay with it. Um, you know, it's nothing really crazy, nothing really big happening. You know. But just life on kind of that life's terms is, is kind of cool and kind of interesting, you know, the highs and lows and stuff like that and kind of getting through it. So um, 
We'll see. Man, Roger's grinning from ear to ear because he's got a three day weekend coming up. <laughs> no, that's you know it. I mean? That's it. Yeah. That's it. You know, and that's it. That's it. You know, I I work for a great place. You know, I work for a good. Uh, you know, and I'm going to give a shout out to Steps Recovery because, you know, you sit back and you look at you know life work balance. How about work? <laughs> you know, or work life balance. You, mm-hmm. you got like that life work balance, and and then that's something that's really you know for a guy like me. You know, I've been in food business. You work seven days a week, all that kind of stuff. You work crazy hours. Um, this has been nice. It's been a really good uh, refreshing. Plus, I get to do things that I love. You know, so and maybe it's not a new and good for you, but recently we celebrated some guy's birthday. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> how how was that fritter? The one with the pecans that yeah, I was man. I was like begging and pleading and dragging. I was like, man, if I was a baker, man, I would try to steal that <laughs> recipe and put it up. You know, but I'm not a baker. But no, it was awesome. There's a it's a great place in town that you know picked up some pastries and Homestead, yeah. right? Homestead. Homestead, yeah. yeah. So how was your birthday? How was that being surprised at work? You know, it was cool. It was cool. It was a day late, you know, thanks to <laughs> some people. But, hey, I can't be picky. I'm just, I'm really, uh, I'm really grateful. You know, 40 years old, it's a milestone. And like I said, I, I got to, uh, I've said to other people is that I got I'm just embracing it. It's a, it's a, it's a cool thing, you know. So the story that you don't know is Julie Watson was going to do it on <laughs> the day of. Yeah. But she went to Homestead and it just wasn't fresh, dude. Oh, okay. That's what You know it was. what I mean? That's oh, what right. it was. Yeah, I think And so she was like, well, call us when you can have some fresh stuff, you know, so. Yeah, okay. I see how it works, you know. Everybody covers for each other, so that's good. Uh, I just have my back when I mess up, so. Shout out to Julie. We love yeah, that Julie, lady. We love her. Right on. Right on, Beautiful. Doc. Beautiful. Happy birthday. Hey, thanks, man. Since I didn't catch it on the day. Yeah, I've been waiting for you to. None of us did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> see, I wasn't as bad as anybody else. Uh, well, anybody else? Oh, Sean in the corner that I can't see. See, here's the problem of being remote is I can only see the two guests. Hold I can't on, see on Sean. Okay, all, let me just so. change everything. We'll just switch. There you go. Is there that, does is. that make you happy oh, now? Um, look at that. Now I know now why I... we point the cameras the other now way. Fix the camera again. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, no, nah, new, new and good. Let's see another motorcycle rally last weekend and made it home on a broken bike. Hold what? on. I thought you said that you never break down on a trip, Sean. I said I what always he, make it home. He, <laughs> I've never had to be towed home. That's what, what I said. He, what he means is he broke down, should have gotten towed, but he pushed it all the way home just so he could <laughs> yeah, keep yeah, that streak alive. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened, so, right? It worked out good. It's fine. It's sitting in the garage waiting for some uh, TLC. So if you're listening to this on a podcast platform and you don't see the the visual version of it, go to either YouTube or our Facebook page and see the hardcore biker, Sean Denovan. He just showed himself (laughs) in the video feed and you'll just see the most hardcore biker you've ever seen in your life. I love it. Dr. Sellers, what's new and good with you, my friend? Oh, don't do that to me. You know, I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I got... uh... Uh, what do I have? You just picked up a new gig, didn't you? You're always like, uh, man, you're, yeah, the, you're the most new... in-demand addictionologist I've ever met. I got a new job. I just started a new job this last week at a place called Alpine Recovery Lodge. And uh, the new and good about that is it's the one job I have that's closest to my house, so I don't have to drive as far for it. But... Uh, other than that, kind of, you know. See, when Dr. Seller says he got a new job, though, it's not like me and you where right. we work at one place. This guy's over like 12 places. So oh, okay, okay. He, got, he should say, I picked up a new contract <laughs> yeah. is what he should say. Yeah. And we would love for him to work at Steps if he wasn't so stinking expensive, right? right? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think it's the expensive thing. I'm just I think I'm too that. volatile on the first steps, which is the most absurd thing I've ever heard, but whatever. No, but you you were the original medical director for steps. Yes, I was. That's you better amazing. believe I was. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, cool. Should we get into to Roger here? No, let's just ignore that. Let's just do this. <laughs> yeah, you know, let's just talk. That sounds good. I've been planning this out. This I was so, telling... Tell Jared, I was planning this out, you know, for a long time, even before I met him. I was like, man, I, I got to get on that show and, and talk about me, you know, because it's all about me. 
No, 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 no. What you said before we started is I'm going to drag out the nonsense as long as possible not to get to my story. (laughs) Um, I'm just another bozo on the bus, so hey, it's okay. I love it. It's okay. And I'm glad that you're on the bus, the recovery bus. I'm glad I'm on the bus too, you know, (laughs) tell you the honest truth. So what what are we talking about? We're talking about some sports. I thought we were doing sports in it today. Sports radio. Yes. Tell me about the game last night. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> how about this how about you tell us about roger oh like, okay wow. tell us about yourself man what you got going on well, kids you know, wife kids with no as wife. good as with as good as you cook you gotta be married no bro. i'm not you know i'm not you know and i'm, I'm waiting for her to appear that's oh, what okay. i was told to do um i got a checklist of all the things i'm looking for but you know what guess what i gotta fill that checklist myself so there you go i got a lot of work to do we got a lot of work to do, and that's okay. So, ladies, if you're listening to this, <laughs> Roger is on the market. Oh, okay? He's a bachelor on the market. And this dude, when after you taste his food, you will be ready to propose to him. Oh, okay? wow. I'm almost there, Roger. Oh, yeah, man. You know, if good, I yeah. wasn't engaged, bro, like the, the food, man. Yeah. So, magically, yeah, it's getting weird, Sean. <laughs> it's fine. He's so a the professional. Okay, okay. You know, I, I'm pretty sure everybody knows we're just a little nonsense here. But magically, my schedule, I build my schedule, it steps around when you serve lunch and when you serve dinner. Yeah, man. That's Have you noticed cool. how that happens? You no, know, it's weird, man. It's just like right on time, too. It's yeah. like, man. You know, I see all that with a lot of other employees in the other other building. Yeah, it's just we, like, wow, I haven't seen you all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just, just in the neighborhood, you know, yeah. just coming to get a bite to eat, I L- guess. A little incognito. Yeah, yeah, you know. So when Roger cooks, he's got to cook for not only the residents, he has to cook for the entire staff. Right, it gets tough. It gets tough. I got to plan a little, a little heavier and all that kind of stuff. So okay, no, so single, like, any kids? Uh, yeah, I have a beautiful, amazing thirteen, soon to be thirteen year old. You know, he's uh, he, I call him my little remix because okay, he, he's dude is you know he's really cool. He's got he's talented. He you know, and I got to give him a shout out. It's uh he plays the trombone, he plays the violin, he plays the piano, and he plays the guitar. Dang, you know, thankful for you know the programs and stuff that he does, you know. And so I get to sit back and enjoy that, you know. He's playing the organ or he does that kind of stuff. So he's got some talent, you know. He's like a walking one man band, like literally. That is it. That's it. You know. That's right. I said, hey, you know, take that music career or be a musician, do your thing, do your passion. Yes. You know, that's what we were talking about, or what we we're going to talk about. But you do your passion, and you know what? Learn a trade. Be a plumber. Be a garbage man. I don't, you know. Don't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So, no, he's uh, he's apple my for sure. So, he keeps me straight, and I am so, I'm blessed. I'm blessed for that boy. That's so, cool, man. Yeah. That's cool. If you go to your your Facebook page, it's just full of pictures of you and your yeah. son, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. There's, there is a picture I want to talk about, though. Yeah. Because I was looking, and you guys are in, like, like nightgown or uh, hospital yeah. uniforms. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah. What's it called? What was the, f- the food place you went to? Uh, Heart Attack Grill. The Heart Attack Grill. Grill. Yeah, you got to go there. It's, it's ridiculous. Where is that at? That's over in Old Fremont Street in Las Vegas. So it's just right there on that main little drag there. So it was, uh, yeah, I was looking for nutrition that day, you know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, pretty intense. They got some Guinness Book of World Record uh, thing going on with like 45 pieces of bacon and like eight, pa- eight half pound patties, a burger, you know, and. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty intense. How did I not know about this till now, Roger? <laughs> no, it's a good place, man. You know, and the funny thing is, is that my kid ordered like this Sunday, this ice cream uh, dessert, and it was uh, it was everything you could ask for. And they put a stick of butter in the center of it. And I, he was like, what is that? And I go, I think it's white chocolate. Go ahead. And he goes, dude, this is butter. I was like, yeah, so yeah, prepare yourself to, you know. Get some calories, I guess. There it's you go. Weird, but it's don't, cool. don't go alone. Go with somebody that knows <laughs> CPR. resuscitation. Yeah, some electronic paddles. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, too funny. Yeah. Too funny. Sounds like if you go, Jared, you need to take a doctor with you. Oh, That's right, boy. Doc Sellers. We're going to have to make a trip, buddy. Uh, I'll check it out. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like a blast. Yeah. Pretty cool. Well, cool. What else? What else you got going on? What else makes up the world of Roger? Uh, you know, what else? You know, I just try to stay fit. You know, after talking about the heart attack grill, um, now that I got to a certain age in my life, you know, this big milestone that you guys want to celebrate on the radio or on TV, <laughs> whatever it is, you know, it's one of those things is that I want to build a foundation for myself, you know. Um, Roger, why are you afraid of us telling everybody that you turned 21, dude? Oh, yeah. 
That's right. Well, I say <laughs> I'm 18. I'm 18 with 22 years of experience, and there I posted you. that too. You know, I so. like that. I like that. Right. No, that's 18 it. with 22 years of experience would make you the big 4-0, brother. Oh, I'm not good with math. I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm good with math. That, that's what it <laughs> you is. You did right. it. You... <laughs> so sorry. Talk to me about the. No, it's just fit. You know, we run into each other all the time. You know, in town or whatnot. You know, you see this guy. If you see this guy, don't interrupt him at the gym. Uh, this guy goes beast mode. Who are you? No, you. I'm talking about you. No, right? you. And so it's one of those things. It's like, hey, man, I got a question about certain thing. And you're just like, man, you really just broke my sweat. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Oh, okay. Listen to this. No, so he, he he's fun and friendly on the outside, but you get him in his zone. And that's where I want to be. That's what I aspire to be is to get into a zone. And I do. I, I, you know, I get to be and sit with myself, throw my music on, listen to my Bone Thugs and Harmony, you know, and my Wu-Tang and, and just do my thing. So, no, uh, it's a big part of my, part of my uh, daily stuff, my routine, you know, when I get anxious, I think I was saying, uh, I've said, talked to you before, it's like when I get restless, irritable, a little discontent, a little uneasy, you know, mm -hmm. I, I head to the gym, you know, and it's not that I'm trying to be a gym, gym hero by any means, it's just trying to be, you know, just, just, it's a mental thing. I don't know how to explain that. Listen, Roger, you had me fooled. I thought you were training for the Arnold Classic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's some seriousness in that, though. You know, it, it is true. I get kind of people, I guess, have told me, like, I'm unapproachable at the gym. And, and the reality is, not to make this a session about the uh, podcast about the gym, but, <laughs> but there's some truth to that. Like, no. once I break a sweat, I'm like you, right? Like, I like to get in there, be productive. Once right. I break a sweat, I don't like to stop breaking a sweat. And so... You know, you put on the blinders and you go to work, right? Mm, it's it. therapeutic for me. Right. Like, and that's what I hear you saying too, right? It's a good right. way to just kind of shut out the world and just focus on getting out of your head and into your body. No, and that's it. That's it. That's yeah. totally what it is. You know, kind of shut off the thing, you know. And I'm with you, man. I'm not trying, you know, I'm not trying to win no uh, powerlifting competitions. <laughs> it's funny. I People will come up to me and I'll be burning out with like some 15s, right? And they're like... Uh, that looks a little weird. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't care about the weight. I care about the reps. Right, right, right. right. No, yeah. and that's it. That's it. You, you know, I learned a lot from you, you know, in this last couple of times. You give me little little nuggets outside of the gym. of. So, yeah, I'll follow, <laughs> follow that. But, yeah, no, it's one of those things to be able to sit in your head, too, is uh, one of those gifts of recovery. If we're going to talk about recovery and and things like that, you know, um, I was I was the one to always have music playing and have things going, you know, just distractions, you know, kind of things like that. And. You know, I find it more and more I in my in my truck or in my car or whatever. I, I don't have the radio going because I'm OK with being with myself. It's funny because I cook. I'm a one man band in the kitchen. You are. Yes. So a lot of the a lot of the, you know, clients or even some of the staff is like, why aren't you wearing uh, why aren't you wearing AirPods or, you know, wearing ear, earbuds and listening to music? And yeah. it's like because I don't have to. I'm OK. I'm OK with myself and I'm OK with. You know, sometimes my thinking will go a little crazy and I tell a lot of stories to myself, you know, but <laughs> I'm crazy like that and that's okay. But, uh, I'm okay with myself nowadays. And that's, that's one of those gifts that I got. You so you've made peace with being okay with yourself and me made peace with be just having quietness around you. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I kind of sometimes, you know, it, I like that a little bit more sometimes, you know, it, it, I'm sure it wasn't always that way. No. So take me into what did active addiction look like for you, Roger? Ah, man, you know what? Party, party, party. That's what it was. It started off with until somehow the party ended and, you know, I, I was by myself and, and lonesome and, uh, by myself, you know, and I couldn't get drunk enough. You know, I, I'm, a recovered from alcoholism, gotcha. um, you know, and where I come from, it's, you know, my family, you know, structure, things like that. It's a cultural thing. It's a celebration thing. It's anything. And, you know, whenever we get together, you know, uh, good times, bad times. And so it was something like that, you know. Yeah, you get together to celebrate a birthday, right. there's alcohol. Right. You get together to break bread, there's alcohol. It's a cultural Absolutely. thing. Right. And I hear that. Right. That's dead on. No, and that's it. And, you know, and I get into fine dining or get into the restaurant business and stuff like that. It, it comes hand in hand with food and, and all that. So I... You know, I put myself in places that were just kind of like, you know, it was accessible for me. And it was thing, uh, you know, just a, a certain part of my life that it was something that I, I just did. It yeah. was just part of me. You know, I had a romance with alcohol. It was crazy from, from the little, little. Man, so. that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Just this week I was doing a group on how environment will break down will any day of the week. Eventually the environment that you put yourself in the, the social circles and the places that you surround yourself with, it doesn't matter if you have the will of a, a warrior, right? Eventually, 
you will become broken down. Right. It will wear you yeah. down. Yeah. No, that's it. That's it. And it's, it's crazy. You know, it's, you know, I'm no less than or, or uh, more than or less than than anybody else that struggles with addiction. You know, um, yeah, of course, the dry goods were there. Uh, little additives <laughs> were around, you know, and somehow my path wasn't into getting into too far with some of that stuff. Yeah, I experimented, but my my thing, my my addiction, my my purpose, my my thing, I lived for alcohol and it began with alcohol and it ended with alcohol. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's it's one of those things. This I I respect alcohol. <laughs> it's kind of weird because I know you know, I, I know what it, where it can go. So what was it for you that alcohol did, right? So, so like you're saying it was a cultural thing. It was always around. Yeah. And so when you would consume alcohol, what was it that made it so appealing that made you want to come back to it to the point to where Man. when you tried to stop, you couldn't stop? You know, it started being my coping mechanism for everything uh, as far as like my feelings and, and how I, how to respond to different things it just it was so ingrained in me like alcohol was such so much of a part of my life that i uh when you know for instance like just that feeling of acceptance yeah being the life of the party social lubricant social lubricant yeah I can talk to that beautiful girl that's probably not that beautiful because <laughs> i'm you know whatever right i could be 10 feet tall and bulletproof and I could get into tight situations and things like that. Um, so which leads me into the next question. Were you shy as a kid growing up? You know, I worked myself into it. My dad was the king of cakewalk. I don't know if anyone <laughs> knows what the cakewalk is, but yeah, that's a shout out to my dad, you know, uh, my best friend, but he was a social butterfly. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of caught on to, you know, his, uh, they call it shucking and jiving, you okay, know, being okay. able to talk, talk crazy and talk some jive. But, you know, it's one of those things is, yeah, I was in certain situations. I was shy. But once that alcohol hit or, you know, once I got that feeling of, you know, here I am, I've I have arrived, man, it was, uh, you know, it was something else. I, I, I belonged where I belonged, you know, I, I felt like, yeah, I was part of, I'm going to be the party, party animal now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Feeling of acceptance and. That was huge. That was yeah. huge. Yeah. And you talked about music for a sec. I've, I've heard kind of a rumor that floats around the community, Roger. I heard that you were quite the the club scene guy. Talk to <laughs> oh, me about that, man. man. Yeah. Get, Ju get Juice, yourself all. Deuce Bigelow style. Of, no. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Living in Salt Lake, Park City, stuff like that. You know, after, you know, in your 20s and stuff like that, you're just looking for the next party. And that's what, that was part of my life. It was. It was part of, you know, I got to get out there and, you know, whatever, dress to the dressed to the tens or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Well, R Kelly, we were talking, he almost got me in trouble. So much trouble, man. I don't know, but no, it's all good. So you came up in the R Kelly days before everybody found out he was a creep. Yeah. You yeah, know? You. Yeah. So you, I can just picture it. Rogers in the club. Stepping Dr. in the Sellers, name of love. Right. Stepping in the name of love. This little R Kelly. <laughs> nice. No, it was just, it was just a scene, you know, the club scene, you know, the whole thing that was all about it, you know, tough guy or being the toughest or the best looking or I don't know what it was, but it was something that attracted <laughs> me, you know, so that's awesome. I'm yeah. sure a lot of people can relate to that. Uh, my age, people, my age, I guess, you know, now, nowadays, I don't know what they do. You know, what's crazy is they used to uh, pay bouncers under the table. And so I had, I was I had a football scholarship and so I couldn't earn a paycheck, yeah. right. It was against the, the regulations. And so I would work as a bouncer at a lot of those clubs under the table for cash. So. Yeah. Maybe I checked your ID or something one of those days. Yeah. If I had a real one or if I had a, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. No, cool. it was pretty wild. But eventually we get to this point where we want to stop or we try to tell ourselves we're going to slow down and we get to a point where powerlessness kicks in and we can't. Yeah. What did that look like for you? Yeah. You know, going to jail. <laughs> over and I hate, over. I hate when that happens. You know, it's just weird. It's like, man, what's going on? You would think, you know, a normal person would be like, you get your first DUI or you getting your first alcohol related, whatever mm -hmm. you'd say, hey, man, I got a problem. Yeah. Not me. Not me. It's just funny. So uh, what was the narration in your head when that was going on? <sighs> no, I just got a problem. I, I just, you know, I got to tape it back. I got to slow down a little bit, you know, I controlled. I got to control. I was totally the controlled drinker, uh, for sure. It was kind of funny. It's just the insanity of the whole thing. You know, I was actually looking at prison for alcohol. 
Dang. You know, and you know, there's a state statute, statute and all that. And I was in front of a judge for the second time, the same prosecutor the second time. And I, uh, I, you know, he hurt my feelings, I guess. I don't know. He told me, hey, the state statute, you go to prison for a year, you know, you get another one in this 10 year period, whatever. So he hurt my feelings. So what I did was it was funny because I ended up back at the liquor store and I picked up a bottle and I drove home and I think I drank on my way home after this judge just told me that. So there's some little insanity there. I don't know. That is, that is, there is some insanity. We're going to get back to that story in part two of episode 44, where Roger gets offended by the prosecutor and the judge (laughs) right after this little 30 second commercial break. Hang with us. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. I'm Desmond Lomax, one of the clinical executives here at Steps Recovery. And once you become of the Steps family, you're just a part of the Steps family. A lot of us have overcome substances, overcome addiction, and now we're able to help other people. Second of all, we're also going to help you in a way where you can afford to be helped. Third of all, we're going to give you the same quality that many organizations are charging two to three times. And it's more about you than it is about our organization. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. Yes, yes. Roger, this has been a treat this morning, man. We are wired up, fired up, happier than a kid on Christmas morning getting Roger's story we just barely got the huge cliffhanger. He got offended by the prosecutor and the judge. How dare they, Roger? Oh, I can't believe it, man. Right, right. Yeah. And we're going to get back into that. Before that, though, episode 44, part two, is brought to you by the Hilton Garden Inn. It's always sunny and bright at the Hilton Garden Inn in St. George, Utah. If you're trying to plan a trip, a getaway, and you want to come to beautiful, sunny St. George, check out the Hilton Garden Inn. Look them up on Google. Just type in Hilton Garden Inn, St. George, Utah. They have amazing amenities. Beautiful place, top of the line customer service. We really appreciate those guys. Right, Doc Sellers? That's where you stay every time you come visit. How did I do? Huh? How did I do? With what? I was going to give the second uh, the second plug there. Oh, for, man. Well, how did I do? <laughs> I'm sorry. You did wonderful. <laughs> you hit uh, it out of the park. Yeah. Good. I like the Hilton Garden Inn. It's my favorite place, so love staying there. So what can you relate with, Ro- with Roger here? Were you a big club goer, Doc Sellers? <laughs> Not so much. No, thank you very much. But you uh, do dress to the Hilton just about every day in that golf outfits. Not my deal. The dressing up thing is kind of my deal, but the club thing was never my deal. I don't. I'm not a big dancer, so we could teach you how to floss. It's really easy. <laughs> That's my only dance move, Doc. Is the floss. <laughs> I would prefer. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate learning the floss. I just would hate you teaching it to me. So Touché. See, I don't even know what the floss is. Is like Cabbage Patch or the Running Man or something. <laughs> oh, the Running Man. The running play. Man. The Running Man. Yeah. Nice shot. You got shot lit up over there, Sean. You got you got some experience with the Running Man. Talk to <laughs> oh, us. Oh yeah, no, I had my silk shirt and my Cavaricis on. There you go. Yeah. Oh yeah, I had a mirror in my bedroom and was practicing those moves, watching MTV and going to town. So that's it, right? And I can do. I I I can kind of still do half of the kid and play. <laughs> I grab my foot and then I trip over myself, but I, I can still, you know. That's awesome. Pretend. That's awesome. Wow. I like it. All right. Well, should we jump back, back in? Back to reality. Back to reality. Back uh, to life. Oh, okay. Man, de la soul. Okay. Yeah, my guy, my guy. I love it. No, soul to soul, not de la soul. Oh, that's right. Oh my that's gosh, right. Gosh, man, am I am I like schooling yeah, you, you got, guys on you 80 gotta, stuff here? You what the help heck? me out. <laughs> Just let us be perfectly imperfect, okay, right. Sean? Show's yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, so sounds like you got in your feelings with some feedback you got from the prosecutor and the judge. Yeah, second time too. You know, they told me twice. What? Yeah, and you know, I 
don't know why. You know, I just repeat. <laughs> I, it's like, okay, I got this. <laughs> okay, so after the second time, you decided it would be a great idea to stop by the local liquor store. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was my main thing. It was, uh, it was amazing because I never knew how I got there. I wasn't, you know... I was just like, I'm here, I'm here again, you know, and yeah. this is probably like when I was just calmed down or right before it was going to get real. Um, I always caught myself when the last, last little bit, I was catching myself like, why am I here again? You know, mm. do you, re but we're joking, but do you really think that you disassociated? Like, in other words, that is a sign of PTSD yeah. is when people disassociate and then all of a sudden before they know it, they got a drink in their hand or they're at the liquor yeah. store, right? Or they're at the, their drug dealer's house. Like, and right. it's, it, it really is a sign of PTSD. So so are you joking or did you really sometimes like, man, am I just on autopilot? Like, did you disassociate to the point where you would just end up there? Yeah, no, it's, it was. And I, I've heard that uh, yeah. with PTSD and how that works out, you know, and, and things that you had traumatic, you know, stuff, um, you know, trying not to go too fast into my story. A, a lot of things, uh, cum uh, accumulated over, you know, getting to, uh, to where I was. You know, bad relationships or relationships was a was a thing, you know, a lot of abandonment with uh, with things in life. You know, I come from a family of four um, really tight knit. I grew up pretty, uh, pretty normal lifestyle as normal can be. Um, I had both parents in the house. You know, I had, you know, it, normal being, you know, uh, I guess the new normal was no communication in the home, you know, no uh, a lot of, a lot of things that were kind of, uh, maybe a little shame going on a little bit of things like that, you know, it was kind of, but for the most part, you had a pretty blessed upbringing. Yeah. I had all the opportunities that I could ever ask for. And I'm, I'm really grateful, you know, the way my parents, uh, put, put it together for my brother and I. So, um, it was, it was pretty, a uh, pretty normal thing. I got to also, I do a lot of shout outs. You know, I, I got with a group of guys when in my high school, the formative years, they say, yes, uh, we call ourselves the rainbow coalition. I got to give them a shout out, but they know who they are. It's one of those things that, you know, they accepted me, you know, and we call ourselves the rainbow coalition because <laughs> we were from, we got a Tongan, we got a Hawaiian, we got a Spaniard, we got a, you know, I call myself, you know, whatever, a Blexican, you know, <laughs> Blexican. or half African American. So, oh, man, I love you it. know, it's one of those things and it was the acceptance piece, you know, and they helped me because that was the thing is that we, we just ran together, you know, and, and there was no judgment. You know, we gave each other a hard time in high school. You do that all the time, but you know, it was just a, a little group you know absolutely so i'm really grateful for that friendship that's for sure so yeah life goes and life life is you know we go our separate ways and life happens everyone gets married everyone does their thing and but eventually the adult bus pulls up and right. most of us get on some of us right. forget that what time we were supposed to be there and we missed <laughs> that stop right yeah yeah, yeah it just yeah. took took some of us a little longer than others, you know, I don't know, but I'm know. glad I caught the bus a second time around, bro. And I'm glad you were on, on the same bus. With yeah. Me. That was the second time for me too. You know, yeah. uh, I tried, I tried uh, different ways to manage, manage drinking. You know, I wanted it so bad to be a part of my life. You know, that's that romance with it. It's kind of weird. It's, no, it, it's not weird. A lot of people have described that. Like I want to be normal, right? right? I want right. to be able to do these things, right. but unfortunately some of us can't. Right. So talk to me about the unmanageability. Like you're, you, you kind of disassociate, you show up at the liquor store, like, yeah. and that sounds like unmanageability to me, right? Like, right. What that look you, like for you, you know, life is going to hell in a handbasket, you know, it's on fire and you know, I'm not even putting the alcohol that I'm buying on the fire, you know, <laughs> you're trying to put the fire out with the alcohol. There you go. That's what it is. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's crazy. The unmanageability, you know, I, I consider myself a high bottom drunk or whatever, but, a a functioning alcoholic because right. I could justify why I can sit and drink that fifth in the backyard watching the grass grow. I have everything, <laughs> you know, everything to go for. I had a wife, I had, you know, I had my son, I had the dog and the white picket fence, right? So to speak. Yeah. The that evidence of the brokenness hadn't set in yet. Oh, and that's yeah. how you justify. Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, no, just justifying the whole thing and just how it goes. I don't know if I'm getting off topic or whatnot, but that was just part of my, my thing was I could always say that, Hey, I worked for this. I, I bust my butt for this, you know, right. leave me be, 
Let right. me let me handle me. Don't tell me how to live my life. Exactly, exactly. Guess what? How did that work for you? Yeah, it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> it was part of that crumbling process, you know, part of that thing, you know, and that's uh, it's just it's, things started disappearing and life started getting. It was kind of funny because at the last couple of things, I was kind of getting uh, suspicious about the post office, uh, the postman coming, the mailman coming to the house. You know, I was looking through the blinds. I was it was weird because you know what. I stopped paying bills and oh, I was yeah. waiting for something like that to, you know, something crazy <laughs> happen. It was crazy. I don't know. This. So you got to a point where your alcoholism consumed your life to the point where you were no longer paying for bills. Yeah. No, it, not paying your bills, you know, just being a human being. It felt like I was just out, you know. So 2017, you know, and I'm just kind of, I'm trying to go as slow as fast, but in a, in a gist of things, I lost my father. Um, mm. He was... He was a big rock in my family, but prior to that, you know, I was having medical problems too. Um, and it was because of alcohol. Um, you know, it was my diet. It was not sleeping. It was, I was trying to work three jobs. We, we both come from like a oil field and then you come back and you're trying to fill that void of money and the grind, yeah, the grind, you know? So I started having medical problems and I ended up having a seizure at work. Um, I was laid up in the hospital. They, rushed me through ambulance and I was in ICU for, I think about five days. Um, and my father passed away while I was in there. Uh, oh man. So you didn't even get a chance to say goodbye really? No, no, I didn't. I didn't, you know? Um, and that's a, a little bit of amends and stuff like that. You get to do that living amends because you know, I know he's near, you know, and I, yeah. what it is, but, um, you know, I didn't get that. It just put me through a loophole. I, really like just left ICU that day to be with my dad to see him before he took off you know for they prepare him and all that stuff so right it was pretty tough you know and so here I am uh I started drinking again like a week after because that's how I cope with loss you know I haven't experienced this right um so coping with loss and things like that it, so I went and was taking medications and doing all this crazy stuff, trying to still drink and cope with my emotions. I just had a brain injury. I had a traumatic brain injury, seizure, uh, things like that, and trying to just just get through whatever I was trying to get through. And it was, you know, it was weird. Um, and I'm also sure I'm gonna loop Dr. Sellers in with this, but a lot of times when you're being prescribed medications to heal from an injury, if you mix alcohol with them, they're not as effective. Or they're twice as effective. How so? Well, depending on what we're looking for from the medications, right? <laughs> if we're looking for them to heal us, they're not as effective. I agree with you. If we're looking for them to make us numb, sometimes mixing drugs can be twice as effective. Mm. Yeah. So it depends on what you're looking for. Yeah, good point. Good yeah. point. Yeah. And go you know, hand in hand, you know. It was, it was just... It was a really tough spot. I sat in the backyard with the fire pit and 40 days of mourning, kept a fire going. I had this beard looking like Moses and, you know, all kind of stuff, you know. For 40 days you sat out there. I sat outside for 40 days. I think I napped a couple times, but yeah, you know, yeah. I kept, kept, you know, and one of the times I went back to get a refill of my, my prescription was alcohol. I ended up running over some stop stop sign in the middle of Santa Clara, you know, that was, <laughs> oh, so it had, a, I had a little a medication going on. I had alcohol going on, you know, um, and yeah, just really lost contact. I don't even know how I got to jail. I was just, next thing you know, I guess I went to the hospital, whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Was that your rock bottom, Roger? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Uh, what were some of the thoughts as you woke up? in jail when I came to <laughs> right no kidding uh I was a lot of embarrassment you know how could I do this again you know this is like number four or f four DUI or whatever it is you know and man this is this is kind of out of control you think <laughs> <laughs> it might be it may be sounds so. like you were moving from the contemplation stage into the preparation stage yeah, though, right like yeah, yeah. I can't Maybe I have a problem, and what can I do about it? Well, I went to treatment before that. Oh, you had? Yeah, so I went to a treatment in Tennessee, and, you know, I went there to kind of learn how to be a, a, a sociable drinker. Oh, that you was know, your intention going drink in? Drink like a gentleman, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know. but Which I laugh, but and I also noticed Dr. Sellers laugh, but it's because oftentimes in, when you work in treatment, people have these ideas. I can do this. I can... I'm not an addict, right? They're still in that denial stage right. or, you know, 
okay, I'll give up the hard stuff, but I'm not giving up marijuana or right. whatever it is. Right. So that's not uncommon, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. So, yeah, no, I did alcohol assess- assessment for like the third time, you know, after the because de- it's part of the court process. You go do alcohol assessment. I had went to one of our former employees at Steps, you know, to do that because the court needs to sign off on it. And I was telling him all those good things because I had a little bit of AA in me and I knew the talk, you know, I could talk the talk and you knew the lingo, knew the lingo. And he says, man, you, you ain't doing nothing. He really just called me on my stuff. You know, he was like, you know, you got the talking part done. It's time to start doing it. If you're going to do it. I love it. So, I love it. <laughs> so push come to shove. I did my jail time and ended up going to, going to, you know, I, I, I needed something different, so I, I reached out, and I actually did something that some of us guys are hard to... It's hard for us to ask for help. Oh, man. You know? Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that was it, was... it was one of those things, and it got me got me some, some sober days. It got me kind of feeling, you know, getting clear in my hair, getting those clouds out of the way, so... Um, so, yeah, I did, I did treatment. I'm a product of treatment, I guess. You know, I didn't do the full stint, but I, I, I went and got my feet on the ground and is that after you left jail or are you talking about in Tennessee no this was uh okay so in Tennessee yeah I just played the game but this was after I left jail this last time so in 17 2017 um the opportunities just came you know this is kind of one of those blessings and so this is I fast forwarded to you know the current present you know right uh time so yeah I got you know got that had the opportunity to kind of Kind of sober up a little bit and kind of get get things a little bit square or yes. straighten out, you know. Yes. So, so there was a news article in in Apple News. There was an article that talked about oftentimes it takes multiple treatment attempts yeah. for somebody. And the average, I think, is is like two or three for for it to really take and for people to really turn around. So, talk to me a little bit about what what the difference between the first treatment was, the first treatment experience was, and the second one. You know, it's. It's kind of hard because you got to be, I would, I would suggest to anyone that's struggling out there or having a hard time out there is you do it for yourself. Uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, I was trying to do things for, you know, of course I love my family. I wanted to do things for my wife at the time and I wanted to do things for my son, um, my family. And you know, what it came down and boiled down to is I had to actually do it for myself. Yeah. You know, I can't do it for anybody else. Um, so maybe just maybe grasping it, maybe a different perspective on how I approach things. And, you know, actually, you know, I'll tell you what I I put in my head. It was I got to treat this thing like it's life or death because I knew I was spiraling out of control, you know. Um, and so to this day, I do treat my recovery or being recovered as a life and death proposition. So I love that. And that's so true, right? Because I think a lot of times we, we think of addiction from a disease different from other diseases like cancer. And I'm going to get Dr. Sellers take on this too. But like, I think about, I compare it to cancer and it's like, if you have cancer and you're able to survive it, you still have to keep it in remission, right? There's a lot of people that get cancer and ends up, they, they beat it and then it'll come back later. What's your take on that doc? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's this is a um, calling it uh, it, calling it a disease has a number of problems. I think it's a disease. I don't think there's any question about that in my mind. But calling it a disease sometimes has some problems because we compare it to diseases that aren't exactly like it, and that is uh, like like cancer, for example. Occasionally, cancer is actually curable. Right. Some people get rid of all their cancer and never struggle with it again. And in some cases it comes back. And in some cases they never get rid of it and the people die from it, even despite their best efforts. So in some of those ways, it's a little bit like cancer. But it is more like in some cases, it's more like a chronic disease like high blood pressure or diabetes In that you can wake up and you can do something about it every single day, but it's still there. You still have it. You can just keep your blood sugars within the normal range or you can still keep your um, blood sugars 
within the normal range. I don't remember if I said blood pressures or blood sugars the first time, but uh, like hypertension and and diabetes, you can keep those numbers in normal range. And that person looks exactly like a normal person without diabetes or without without um, hypertension, but they still have it. So it's different in a lot of ways. And I think one of the reasons I wanted to point that out is we look at success rates of treatment and people say, well, why are you sending all these people to treatment? It just doesn't work. Well, when you look at success rates of treating hypertension or success rates of treating type one diabetes, it doesn't really work either all that well, but (laughs) on some measures it does. I mean, on some measures those patients live longer, but they have frequent relapses where their blood sugars or their blood pressures are out of the normal range. Yeah, that's a great comparison. That really is. Oh, that's it. Yeah. And I love how Roger said it in his mind it's life and death. Eventually you got to get to that point where you realize that is the truth in it. Right. Right. No, that's it. You know, pain pain can be a motivator too, you know. Having enough pain, having enough being sick of tired of being sick and tired, you know. Absolutely. Have you heard the old western story about the dog on the porch? No, tell me, man. All right. So so picture the old western scene, right? Cactus is rolling, you know, spurs, you know. Okay, so you got you got it, you got it. You're, you're with me. Okay. So, this cowboy walks into an old sheriff's office, and as he's walking into the sheriff, figure out what the cactuses are doing. Or sorry, the tumbleweeds. You know, cactuses, okay. tumbleweeds. Just gotcha. picture an old western. Oh, you movie. just threw me off, man. Okay, I'm getting there. Okay, we're good. <laughs> okay, all right. So, so this guy's walking into the sheriff's, you know, sheriff's office, and as he's walking in, he sees a, a dog sitting on the porch, and it's just whining. So he walks in, he says, "Sheriff, what's wrong with your dog?" And the sheriff says, "Well." He's laying on a nail. He says, well, why don't you get up and, and you know, why don't you move, remove the nail? Why don't you do something about it? And he goes, nah, he'll move when the pain gets bad enough. That's it. Hey. I love it, man. I love it. That's it. <laughs> I love little, you know, no, that's it. parables and stories no, like that. That's it. You know, and that's how I kind of shape my, my recovery, too, is like with cliches and li- with little parables and, and stories and stuff like that, you know, it's kind of those Good things that platitudes, I, right? Let right. go and let God, let go and let God, you know, <laughs> live and let live, you Absolutely. know, kind of things like that. So what does recovery look like? We got about five minutes here. Okay. So share on anything that you haven't covered. Feel free to, if, if you feel like you want to go there. I also want to give you enough time to talk about your life in recovery today. No, it's, you know, so, you know, the, I guess with the treatment and things like that, you know, I get into a program. Um, I one of the things that worked for me this uh, this last time was actually getting around some some old timers. They call them, yes. you know, I call them salty dogs, salty dogs, old, yeah. tough grit, salty dogs. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not talking like five years. I'm not talking even ten years. You know, of uh, sobriety and living. Uh, I got around with some guys with 20, 30, 40 years, you know, my first sponsor, he 45 or 40 plus years, you know, but people that have actually been through divorces, mm. marriages, deaths, births, lost celebrations, of loss of kids, yeah. life experience. And that's what I needed to see. How do you do that and not pick up a drink? Right. You know? And so that was, that was huge. That was uh, really a big thing for me. Uh, so I, I really encourage that with a lot of folks that are struggling and trying to get their grasp on, get with people that know things, you know, it's, everyone knows everything. That relatability is powerful though, right? Right. Like I'm more apt to listen to somebody who's walked through a similar situation that I'm going through in the moment and has made it out clean. Right. Hasn't picked up. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you can, you just relate with that, you know, and you know, so that's, that's what doing now you know sitting on a talk show i like to talk i'm a talker <laughs> <laughs> but i'm trying to work right now on current recovery is to be a good listener an active listener um today we need you to be a talker though buddy yeah i know i had no <laughs> choice <laughs> but i like to listen i like to you know you you can learn a lot from people and from their experiences or even just from that first sentence when you when you sit to with a stranger and i'm not talking recovery either i'm just talking about just a first little couple sentences or paragraphs you, you can learn a lot about them you yeah. know so just human connection human connection and that's the gifts of recovery absolutely i don't have to dole those things man you know i don't have to you know i can be present that's crazy and our hope is that people that are listening to this can draw on your strength yeah. 
can listen to you today, Roger. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes I'm a class clown. Sometimes <laughs> I just say things that are random and I got a crazy sense of humor, you know, and if you get it, you get it. You don't, you don't. And that's okay with me. That whole acceptance thing. Right. Right. All right. You're good on the inside. So take it or leave it. You know, I am. It's all right. I'm, you'll live for acceptance. You know, <laughs> I'm not living for acceptance anymore. I don't live for that because you could die from the rejection of that whole oh. deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but now it's, life is a lot simpler. I got peace as a goal for myself. Um, contentment is something that's hard to reach, but I want to be content. You know, one of these days I'll get there. You know, if I stay on this right track and keep the right foot going forward for sure, you know. Um, but peace, you know, that's my goal. And then I'm going to fit my life around if, uh, around that goal. Yeah. So my life is going to be whatever if i keep that in mind that that's my goal in in life you know i could see what happens as the wind as the wind blows you know <laughs> i love it i love roger here dr sellers because i gave him an opportunity to talk about himself and his life in recovery today and he gave words words of wisdom wow. like there was some serious words of wisdom in that unselfishness yep. a lot of things we could follow from that absolutely how much clean time do you have doc uh, I woke up at about nine forty-five, so I got an hour and fifteen minutes today. There you go, and that's it. <laughs> but oh. almost nineteen years before that, so that's it. That's exactly that's it. That's the whole thing. I I don't I get up early so I can beat everybody yeah, in recovery. You guys are I'm a competitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that's the mentality. You got to get around guys that have that mentality, right? Yeah, exactly. He he easily could have started off with the nineteen years, right? But he started off with. He's a late riser, so only hour and what was it? An hour and yeah. Well, right now I got about an hour and forty-five minutes today. That's the mentality you got to have, one day at a time. That's it, one day at a time. All right. In closing, if you could deliver any message to our listeners, what would it be, Roger? Do not be afraid to ask for help. There is help out here, um, regardless of your addiction. But reach out. You know, put the ego aside and ask for help. That's uh, one of the things that I had to struggle with. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on, bro. Love you, dude. I love do. Too, Appreciate you coming on, Grace. And those. Thanks, Dr. Sellers. And he just froze. We'll catch you guys next you. week. Catch you guys next week for episode 45. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.